Hello and welcome to Maths Talk by ANSI Schools, where conversations in maths become part of your professional learning. Today I'm pleased to welcome a dear friend of the show, co-founder of the podcast and brilliant mathematics educator, Nadia Abdullal. Welcome, Nadia. Hi, Leanne. I always love your introductions. They make me feel so good about myself. I'm really, really happy and excited to be here once again. That's because you are good, Nadia, and I love talking to you. Can you remind us of where you are with your consultancy and what you've been doing since the highly acclaimed assessment episode? Yeah, thank you. Wow, I don't even know where to start, honestly. Things have just been going gangbusters this last couple of terms. I'm still in schools, so I've still got a few schools that I work directly with, but I've been doing patients. I went to Queensland, presented at QAMT. I did Edutech, which was phenomenal. And I've been doing a lot more writing in the publishing game. So just looking at a few bits and pieces. Yeah, lots of lots of different things. I'm also studying. I had gone back and, and started my master's. So busy is an understatement, I guess, for me oh, in, in my world. In your spare time. Yeah, good. Just in my spare time. So the topic we're discussing today is one that I've found incredibly divisive in many of the secondary schools that I've worked in. Now, some year seven and eight, teachers refuse to allow calculators in their class, while others are happy for them to be used without any boundaries. Some schools have policies and others don't. And there seems to be a lot of conflict about this. So I thought what we'd do today is look into what's best practice and what we think, because we've been doing this, we've been playing this game for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I thought people might be interested to hear what we think. And looking at especially what the evidence and the curriculum tell us. So where do we start? You know, when you told me you were going to shoot this podcast, I was a little bit apprehensive because I don't really have a firm stance on either side of this argument. So I, I can kind of see both the pros and cons and where people stand on both sides of this fence. Having said that, though, I think that calculators are a really important teaching tool for our students. They have got access literally to one every minute of the day, because if we know young people, they're attached to their phones, super glued to their hands, they're able to use those things regardless of whether we allow them to use them in the classroom or not. At the same time, I think that the use in the classroom just on a free basis needs to be monitored. I actually think that it should be topic specific. It should be used in a way that supports their learning because it is a tool, just like everything else, all of the other bits and pieces of tech. I also don't think that the use of calculators will replace the student's need for those mental arithmetic type calculations. So it's a very broad kind of statement and it's a bit wishy-washy, but probably will elaborate on what I mean about that maybe yeah. later on. Yeah. One of the concerns that I've heard from teachers is that students could use calculators to bypass the learning process mm. by simply plugging in numbers without understanding the underlying principles. So I believe that if students are using their calculators to bypass the learning process, if that's the concern, then we need to revisit how we're teaching certain concepts. Uh, and in order to get the students to understand 
those basic number concepts, build their number sense, their fluency, we need to apply certain principles and certain strategies. This is a separate issue to the use of the calculator. Like you, you can use the calculator for a, a topic that, you know, we need to do a quick calculation. Like if I have, you know, 278 and I want to multiply that by 536, I'm not going to sit here with a pen and paper writing an algorithm. If I'm doing that when I'm solving an algebraic equation, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, mm. why am I wasting my time? So those are the sorts of things that we need to use calculators for. But if you're teaching the students a concept that incorporates number sense and requires them to learn all of these things, sort of whether conceptually or procedurally, yeah. then the calculator will and should be used to check answers. But it shouldn't not be allowed at all, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's kind of like saying you've got this really great thing that will help you with this, but you're not allowed to use it because mm. you have to take the long way. We want to make you suffer. You know, you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And this is what I'm hearing from teachers who want their students to be able to use the calculator. It's, it's to cut down on this cognitive load that the students might have missed something. And, and really we're, we're talking at the moment about year five to eight, but I actually think I want to talk about year seven and eights because they might've missed something in year five and six. Mm. Now they can actually make up for that by using a calculator in year seven and eight. It doesn't mean that they've actually learnt what's going on in year five and six. That's so right. what I'm thinking, and this is, this is the way that I've been approaching it is let them use the calculator to deal with this mental load so that they don't have to worry about cancelling fractions or, or that sort of thing. They can actually work out how many sevens in 143 or whatever. Yeah. But they actually need to be schooled in the processes that they have missed in the earlier years. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. This always happens every time I record a podcast with you. Yeah, absolutely, Leanne. Like we're, we're looking, we're really talking about two separate things, aren't we? We're, we're talking about the use of a calculator as a support tool and the use of a calculator as a teaching tool. So the two are very different things. If you wanted to use uh, the calculator as a teaching tool, then that is something that needs to be monitored very closely because it, it can, it, and, it, and it should be used as a teaching tool because there are certain applications and buttons and things that you need to, to learn how to use mm. on a calculator. But at the same time, you want to make sure that the students are not using it solely to solve problems like four plus one, you know, mm -hmm. or two times six. And a lot of the times what I'm finding is they, they know what two times six is, but they still need that kind of support, that crutch which is the calculator to just check whether they're they're right or wrong because there's all of this uncertainty that comes with solving particularly those you know higher order problems the other thing i think is now let's say a student is studying a, a more difficult topic for them like say algebra or algebraic fractions or something like that and so for whatever reason they hadn't quite strengthened the area of their number sense or they weren't you know, fully on top of their multiplication facts, which is a different problem altogether. Would you really want to hold them back 
in understanding the algebra that they're working through because they can't remember their, their multiplication facts. Do you, do you know what I mean? What is it that we're trying to be teaching in this particular topic? Is it mental maths or is it algebraic concepts? And I just don't believe in disadvantaging students because they haven't consolidated something. It's, you know, the Joe Bola video where she talks about compression Mm. and so many kids that I see in year seven and eight haven't compressed their Mm. basic multiplication facts, even their basic addition and subtraction facts. So everything Mm. is this huge cognitive load for Mm. them. Now, my view, especially there are going to be students that if you're starting on algebra, all you are doing is throwing more stuff on that ladder and they have it compressed. So Mm -hmm. there's not a chance on earth that they're going to be able to understand it. They might get it. They might get, you know, some of the easier ones where they don't have to say cancel an algebraic fraction or anything like that. But because Mm -hmm. they never really understood about cancelling fractions in the first place, they're not going to be able to understand it once things get harder. So it's a big block on top of a little block that still hasn't got the foundations on it. Yep, hundred percent. And if you if you think about cognitive load and related back to the working memory, the working memory can really, in an average person, if they hold between three and five things maximum, if you're lucky, five things. But generally, about three to four. And if that working memory is is being filled up with trying to remember what 25 times three is, then everything else is just going to be useless. Like everything that you're teaching them, everything that they're talking about, like give them the opportunities to succeed in this area. Now we're not, I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm completely skipping by the need for intervention in these other areas, right? So obviously if a student is doing algebra and they haven't consolidated their multiplicative thinking, then there's an issue there that requires intervention. But I'm talking about if you were in a situation where you had to teach a student a concept that required them to to use something that was of a higher order, then not allowing them to use the calculator is severely disadvantaging that student. And I think it needs to be rethought. The other thing I want to say is I know at the primary level, they don't use calculators at all. Generally, I very rarely have I gone into a primary classroom and seen the students have access even to a calculator. I mean, sometimes, you know, they, they get to have a bit of a play around, but even in those situations, if you think about, let's say you've mentioned fractions a couple of times, let's say the students are starting to work at and compare their fractions, decimals and percentages which happens sometimes around five, year six, year seven, that, that kind of level, then usually we don't give them the mathematical or abstract sort of reasoning behind or, or the applications behind how to do those conversions. But using the calculator is a great way of getting them to see why two-thirds is actually you know, 66.6666% and what that would look like as a, as a percentage. It's not about using it to get the answer, but it's about using it to problem solve your way through and start building a, a level of understanding about comparing those sorts of things, comparisons. So that's another way that I think it, it's a great, you know, tool to be used. Yeah. Great tool. 
Yeah. I'll give you an example. I was working with a student a few months back. She was actually in year 10 and was struggling to access the, the year 10 curriculum. And when I first started working with her, I, I realized very quickly why she was struggling because she didn't know any of her multiplication facts. Her number sense was barely there. And when I first started working with her, she was working on measurements or working out areas and, and was currently working out of areas of circles. Her entire mathematical base was non-existent. So in that instance, that calculator was her lifeline. There is no way that this young lady would have been able to even access or even know where to begin with any of the problems without the use of that calculator. So, you know, yes, I, I began working on building her number sense, but I brought the calculator along with us so that she could check her reasoning. And when, when she didn't uh, remember how to add two numbers in her head, I would say, use your calculator. And then she'd use the calculator and then we'd talk about what the answer was. So that the calculator was used as a, as almost like a, a intervention tool to help with building that other side of things. Because unless you've got, you know, you know, we all talk about the zone of proximal development for students and, and this calculator falls within that zone of proximal development for students. That's what's going to allow them to be able to move to that next level. One of the other things that we were talking about in our staff meeting the other day was about estimation and how important estimation is for calculator use. Yeah. I want to say bro, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> bro. Look, you know, estimation is the most underrated, underrepresented thing in maths. We do and perform estimation calculations most of the time when we're doing math, mental math calculations, like I, I don't know many times where I've had to figure out a discount or the change for something or approximately how, how much something would cost and, and get it to the set. You know, usually I'm like, it's around about this much estimation. It's a huge thing. And using calculators is a nice way of being able to check your estimation and the accuracy of your estimation. I mean, what a, what a beautiful way of doing it. You know, we're using mm. our reasoning to estimate a quantity, but then we're checking it using mm. a calculator. Yep. Estimation is one of the foundations before any of the other key mm. ideas. One of the foundations is estimation. Yeah. It, it also appears a lot more in the new revised curriculum. And so estimation is becoming more and more, it's been a greater push for, for that sort of thing. It's also really important when you're checking answers. Does this sound reasonable? Does this, does this seem like a reasonable answer or solution to the problem I'm working on? So mm. all of that is indirectly using estimation. Mm. Like you're looking at two numbers and if I multiply uh, 90 by five, is there any possible way that I'm going to get four? Y you know, mm. the answer is no. So no, yeah. I know I'm going to get a number that's greater than 90 and probably less than 500. Um, so that's the kind of thinking that you want. And then you can check it using your calculator, like whatever, whatever you want. But, but my point is that it shouldn't be a, a yes, we do or, or no, we don't type thing. Just, just with everything. 
in, in maths, mm. you know, we, we have this idea that there's all of these ground rules that we need to yeah. follow. But as teachers, a lot of the times we, we teach based on our intuition and based on what's going on in the class that day. The, the students' needs at the time, not Absolutely. just their curriculum need, needs, their pedagogical needs as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could, you could start, you know, we've all been in that situation. You start a topic and, and, you know, it's, it's traveling along beautifully and then you hit one concept and, and then you realized, oh my God, these kids are, you know, they need to go back to this. Like we're always moving and shifting and, and pivoting or we should be when, when we're teaching mm. in education. And, and I think the calculator use is, is sort of similar to that. Like you have to use your judgment as to mm. whether this is the opportune time for you to say, hey guys, I'm just going to ask you to put your calculators away for this because I want you to do this and then give them the reasons behind it. Yes. As you said, in maths, there are just so many false dichotomies that calculators or not explicit teaching or inquiry learning. You know, I just think we've got to stop having these dichotomies and as you said, we have to recognize the needs of the, the student on the day at the time and each individual student. Leanne, you've just poked a sore spot for me and, and have forced me to jump on my bandwagon. Uh, I have a lot to say about this issue, uh, about the dichotomies that exist in maths and these so-called, you know, maths wars and the, the things that we, we tell our teachers, our parents, our students about you know, the way maths should be taught in the classroom. You know, we have this idea that, you know, these two sides, is it explicit direct instruction? Is it inquiry? Is it use of calculator? Is it, is it rote learning? Should we be using timed multiplication assessments? Should we, you know, all of these different things. There's so much false information being fed to us through the media, through departments, through lots of different people's opinions. For me, the, the fundamental thing that I think we all need to remember is we are all teachers. We have all gone to university. We have studied education. When we go into the classroom, more often than not, we have an instinct about what our classroom is all about, what we need to do. So sometimes we start a lesson and we realize like we had a plan and there's some aha moment that that we can just take and, and run with. And it requires, you know, the kids to just go nuts in the class and, and with the activity. And then sometimes there's a need for explicit direct instruction. Mm. And sometimes, and, and more often than not, it's always a combination of both, you know, inquiry, direct, inquiry, direct. So you explore, you, you teach, you explore, you teach. So it's, it's not one or the other. It's always a combination of both. So I would hope that eventually everybody would sort of come on the same page with that and we can stop sort of, you know, you know, each person picks a side and, and goes to a corner yeah. and then it's a slam down. I think that's come about probably from Hattie's meta-analysis where, all right, you know, something gets given a high score, so we've all got to do it. Very rarely does that one thing, let's say explicit instruction, occur on its own. It always occurs as part of another lesson. And no matter how scientific you get in educational research, you cannot separate one thing from another. 
really. These are human beings. Absolutely. You've got to use your judgment, right? It's teacher judgment. That's fundamentally what, what we do as teachers. Uh, we analyze the situation, we analyze the classroom, and we, we use our judgment, our common sense, our experiences to, to move forward with a, with a topic and a task. So, and it's the same with the calculator. So I don't know if I have answered anyone's questions, but if I was to put it in a nutshell, I would say, allow them to use the calculator allow them to be able to access it when they need to. And then you provide them the, the time. So you decide when to put it away. So we're going to do this without a calculator. And if that means that you're going to have to have assessments that are both calculator allowed and calculator not allowed, then, yeah. then so be it. Because in VCE, that's, that's how it works. Or HSC, for those who are outside of Victoria, it's how it is. So we need to sort of train our kids on how to decide yeah. when and where. And have those mathematical skills and understandings mm. that prepares them for challenges and opportunities mm. that come about. They, they can do it. They can, they can understand the mathematics. And then if they need a calculator to actually do yeah. the calculations, go for it. A absolutely. You know, we talk about student agency, right, a lot you know, building student agency. And yet we, we've put these rules in place that are roadblocks to, to student agency. And, and if we want to build that, we've got to trust in the most of the cases that our students are going to uh, make the right choices. So what happens when you've determined that a student would really benefit from taking a calculator in to lower the cognitive load into a test? And then you get the other students saying, how come they're allowed a calculator and I'm not? Yeah, this is a really tricky area that we've moved into because we start talking about that in terms of student equity, right? And mm -hmm. non-discrimination. And all of those things are things that we need to be really mindful of in the classroom. So definitely this student needs to access this tool to help support them in their whatever the assessment is that they're doing. But at the same time, they are now under the spotlight from the other students. And that's the last thing that you are ever told is don't make this obvious if you, if you can help it. And, and this is why in those situations, this conversation needs to be had, I think, among the whole school community that you're working among. Uh, if we're going to allow some students to use calculators because they need a little additional learning support, how are we going to do it in a way that doesn't sort of expose them to comments mm -hmm. from other students? Because that's not okay. And we all know that you can't control those things. Like a, a student's going to blurt something out that that's, it's too late. Once it's out, regardless of how you respond to it, it's, it's out there. So you need to be mindful of those things. So if you're going to allow a, a cohort of your class to, to access a, a calculator because they need additional learning support, then what are you going to do in order to avoid those sorts of situations? So that's a super important thing that we need to consider. You don't want to disadvantage anybody. And so you're either going to have to have some kids working separately in separate rooms, in separate times, or everybody's got to have the same thing. And to me, those are deeper conversations and really important conversations 
that mm. that you need to have. I, I really would hope and ask everybody to be particularly mindful of, yeah, those very delicate situations. That's all the time we have for today's episode of Maths Talk. Thanks, Nadia, for sharing your expertise on this topic. It's been thought-provoking and I'm sure our listeners will find it valuable. Thanks for having me as always, Leanne. I, I always have a great time and, and I know I talk a, a whole heap and I, I always try to cut it really short, but I can't help it. I've got a lot to say, so apologies for that. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, Nadia, our feedback has been absolutely amazing, especially from your episodes. And our Aww. metaphorical door is always open to you and we'd love to see you back again. Thank you. Thanks, listeners, for all the positive feedback. That's great. If you'd like to find any more information about what we've spoken about, go to our show notes, leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can comment on our Facebook page, Maths Talk by AMSI Schools, or contact me on mathstalk at amsi.org.au. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.